is circular um, and goes starts with the earth going back to the earth. I think that was lost with the invention of plastics. And we've got on a trend from the very beginning of using plastics to solve a multitude of problems in our lives. Why is it that we've parted ways with some traditional but perfectly functional and natural ways of storing food in favor of plastic packaging? And given that companies aren't necessarily held liable by law for their negative externalities, such as pollution, waste, and so forth, how can we get them to be voluntarily responsible for their impacts? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. To sign up for Green Dreamer's weekly highlights that I write myself and send every Sunday, just head to greendreamer.com. We also share three social and environmental wins to know for the week. And personally, I've really enjoyed getting to know the cool things people are doing, breakthroughs we're having, and positive actions being taken that we can learn from. To join me in staying in the loop, again, you can just head to greendreamer.com to sign up with your email. For now, to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is the founder of Beast Wrap, a mother of three, an avid gardener, milker of goats, keeper of chickens, and a seamstress. If you've been in the realm of tackling plastic packaging, you may have already heard of Beast Wrap, which makes washable, reusable, and compostable alternative to plastic wrap for food storage. She started the company back in 2012 on a mission to help tackle our global crisis of plastic pollution, and in learning how to make alternative food wraps, she discovered this lost tradition that she wanted to bring back. Due to the practicality, functionality, and eco-mindedness of Beeswrap, it's grown to an international sensation, sold in more than 2,400 stores worldwide, and has partnered with brands such as Patagonia and National Geographic. Green Dreamer starting off with what inspired her passion for the environment, here's Sarah Keck. I have always spent, but more recently in my adult years, spent time in the woods hiking and camping, which uh, gave me a great appreciation for the natural world. Um, I love being outside. I also worked on organic farms for a number of years and then began growing my own fruits and vegetables, which also gave me a great appreciation for how the earth nurtures us. Um, I love having my hands in the dirt. I love walking in the woods. It's just a big part of my life. Was there any turning points that led you to want to focus your career on supporting sustainability? I think it's when I began growing my own food and trying to store it. Um, It gave me an awareness of the difference between having this fresh food brought into my home without any packaging and in the winter months when I was going to the store and buying food that was in plastic bags and plastic containers. We, at, you know, for a period of time, grew almost all of our own fruits and vegetables. We raised meat. Um, my husband hunts. We made our own yogurt. I made my own bread. I still make my own bread. And recognizing how much a little we through a way through that process was a real turning point for me. Hmm. So realizing that when you were in charge of really getting your own food, there was no extra packaging involved in that process. It was very much soil to soil. Exactly. 
Yeah. And then what did you learn about plastic specifically that made you feel like this was a real issue besides the fact that it does create extra waste? Like, why did you want to phase this out from food packaging? Well, understanding that it doesn't biodegrade was the biggest one, that it is in our environment forever and it's piling up. That really, it still sticks with me now and it still is shocking to me. It just creates a great visual in my mind when I see what I'm putting in the garbage can and then recognizing how that is just, it's going to go somewhere and it's going to continue to pile up somewhere. And it is a result of my actions. And then beginning to learn how that impacts our waterways and um, our sea life is the second part of that. And I know some people will kind of resist that and say, well, I recycle all the plastic that I use. But it's still there. And that's that's the piece that um, brings me back to reality that that's where we need to make the real change. How did this idea for creating Beast Wrap come about? I know it was you really realizing that, you know, modern day food packaging is all plastic, so there has to be an alternative. But how did you stumble upon this specific way of making food storage? Well, it was actually um, some family members who came to stay with me. They came to visit and my cousins and we all make things. Making things is a big part of my life um, and always has been. And we were talking about wrapping food in wax cloth and how that could be a great alternative for me, especially with making bread, which I struggled with finding a way to store it without using plastic. So I started playing around with waxing fabric and it worked really, really well. Uh, started using it at home and then um, found that others were really interested in it as well. And that's sort of where the business started. So for those of us who aren't really familiar with how Bees Wrap is made, can you walk us briefly through this process? Uh Uh-huh. So Bees Wrap is made from organic cotton that is infused with a mixture of sustainably harvested beeswax, organic jojoba oil, and tree resin. And that mixture of ingredients creates a pliable, reusable, biodegradable food wrap. Um, It can be washed and then folded and stored in a drawer and used again. It lasts for about a year, using regularly a few times a week. Um, Most of our customers and I myself feel that it lasts even longer when cared for properly. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like bees wrap really represents something that takes on the soil to soil model of circularity in that everything comes from nature, source consciously, and because there aren't any synthetic materials or chemicals, after use, it can safely return to the earth and to soil without leaving any toxic residues at all. And this idea isn't really new, though. So why do you think such a healthful and functional way of storing food that actually works really well has been lost and marginalized? Well, that was very well put, actually, in the way that um, bees wrap is is circular um, and goes starts with the earth going back to the earth. Uh, I think that was lost with the invention of plastics, and we've got on a trend from the very beginning of using plastics to solve a multitude of problems in our lives from just about everywhere you look around you, just in in the space where you are right now, there are plastics on top of our water bottles, there's plastics in our computers. We've moved away from that, uh, used it as a crutch um, in our lives. Now that we're looking for solutions to move away from that, simple things like bees wrap or paper straws now have become very popular. Things that we've forgotten about that we can that are functional 
and we can use easily in our lives are gaining popularity, which is pretty exciting. Well, I feel like all invention, they're always trying to solve some sort of problem. So previously with the invention of plastic and applying it to literally everything, they may have been trying to solve issues to do with convenience. Um, So do you think we just didn't really think about the widespread long-term impacts of using plastic, especially single-use plastics on everything, and that's why we're facing all of these issues today? Exactly. We didn't think about the long term. Um, The convenience outweighed that the long term vision. And we may not have understood the impacts of plastic and how long it did last in our environment. It wasn't in our um, our plan, which is often the case with humans. We get excited about things that are right in front of us and go for it, especially when there's a time saving and a monetary value to them. So we're kind of trying to fix issues always after they happen rather than thinking further ahead and being more preventive about it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, given that the people who initially adopted plastic and started using it on everything, they didn't really have any responsibility to think about the long term. So even with innovators today, how can we get people who make things to consider the long term impacts? Because they're not really held liable for it. Well, I think that's where our consumer choices come in and where the the public has a growing awareness of the impact of plastic on the environment or just our choices in general in terms of consumerism and waste. Or, you know, you can go as far as, you know, how the, you know purchasing a product um, impacts someone in another part of the world. Consumerism is a tool that we can use to help guide the inventors and the people who are bringing these products into the public sphere. Because at the end of the day, innovators and entrepreneurs also have to make money to be able to sustain the work that they do. So they also have to look to market trends to see what people want. Exactly. Yeah. So today, I feel like you've really helped to bring this concept of using bees wrap back and help to popularize it in a way that, you know, we really needed this invention to come along with all the plastic packaging for food all around. And personally, I consider you a pioneer and leader in doing so. What did it take for you to get this idea across to so many people and have it really resonate with people to get people to want to try this and celebrate this way of storing food? Well, the business grew very organically and coincided with um, trend and wanting to a trend and awareness of single-use plastic and the harmfulness of that in the environment. So those two things working together helped Beeswrap to come into people's awareness. I tried to make Beeswrap beautiful um, so it would be appealing to use. It feels good to use. It smells good. It looks pretty. Um, Those things are very enticing. And in terms of getting bees wrap out so that uh, people could see it and know that it's there, really in the very beginning, it was reaching out to bloggers and talking to them about this product and um, the uses for it and why it's appealing to use, why we want to have it in our kitchens, not only because it is an alternative to plastic, but because it does feel really good to use. The tactile nature of bees wrap is something that is very appealing. Definitely. And that I feel like is really important as well in trying to help sustainability go mainstream is 
Sustainably made products have to inherently be well-made, functional, and appealing themselves. They do, because they're not always easy to use, and sometimes they take a little longer. So there has to be something that makes you want to use it instead of picking something up that can easily be thrown away. You're picking up something to use that does have to be washed and stored and used again. So there has to be a reason to want to do that. And so they do need to have another appeal in the way they feel and the way they look and their functionality. What is usually people's roadblock or what usually holds people back from trying these wrap, if anything? Um, I think that what we hear most frequently is that they already have a solution, such as I have my glass containers, I have my Tupperware, um, I reuse those things, or I wash plastic bags. And getting people to understand um, what we talked about earlier, which was that bringing every piece of plastic that we bring into our environment through a purchase is there to stay. So if we can eliminate the number of plastic purchases, we are doing less harm than um, we are if we are bringing them in and reusing them. So I got to interview you a few years ago for another project. And back then you had mentioned that your biggest challenge was scaling up to be able to meet the growing demand for your products, which is a good problem to have, I'm sure. How have things been going since then in terms of trying to scale while maintaining the quality and ethos of your brand and products? Uh Well, that's so interesting because I feel like we're still in the same place, but in a very (laughs) different place. But we have grown immensely since then, and and I don't know, I can't remember exactly when we spoke, but if I can go back to the beginning, we we began hand-painting our beeswax mixture on our fabric, and since then we have developed some machinery that waxes the fabric, and this has increased our ability to scale up immensely. We have grown our team, we are now... 39 people employees, and um, we are consistently improving our systems, our communication with each other, and keeping a tight-knit group in order to maintain the quality of our product, to keep it the same consistency, the same feel, keep the look consistent as we add on new prints and products. And it is a challenge, but it is a fun challenge because we have a brand that we believe in and a look and a feel and a product that we believe in. So coming around the table and continuing to come back to what is the true nature of Bees Wrap is is always our goal. How about for you personally? What's been your personal biggest learning lesson through this journey? I think taking one day at a time has been a real challenge for me, uh, and it continues to be. But when I can come back to that and recognizing that it is really about today, all the work that we're doing, our interactions with each other, our interactions with our customers, with the product, it's all about um, this moment. And that has been a huge lesson for me that I continue to come back to. Hmm. And is it just kind of feeling like there's so much to do, but at the same time to actually get those done, we have to just focus on what we're doing right now. That's exactly it. The days get really, really full and um, seeing what we need to make doing today, what needs to get done in order to make something happen, you know, five, six, seven months from now, it's very easy to get lost in that and get overwhelmed and coming back to the importance of what is happening right now. 
And what do you do to support yourself to really focus on the present? Because it is really hard to not feel all over the place when there's a lot to do. Yes, it's very hard and it continues to be hard. I try to take walks in the woods as often as I can. And my goal is to do it every day. It doesn't always happen. Um, sometimes, most of the time, it's three or four times a week. Um, but just to get out in the woods. And what I do is I walk until my mind is calm. And I find myself drifting off into other places and not, not at the to-do list. And then I'm ready to go back to work. <laughs> I love that. Well, I feel like sometimes larger sustainability-focused brands will get criticized for the simple fact that they are larger in scale. Do you think it's possible for a company that has really, like, really scaled to be able to still operate sustainably while supporting a sustainable future at the same time? Yes, I definitely think so. As BeesRap has grown, it's been so encouraging to recognize the number of people that we're able to reach. Um, and our scale has also, although we're not a large company, we are able to do more in terms of sustainability um, in the way in our operations as we grow because we have the resources to do it, which is pretty exciting. And so I definitely think that large companies um, should be able to and can be sustainable as they grow. And what's an example of something you guys have taken on since you've scaled that you may not have previously been able to do? Uh, we did install solar panels. So that was something mm. that was pretty exciting. And about 40% of our power is run off of them right now. And we're excited to have even more run off of solar in the future. Super exciting. And well, since beeswax is an essential ingredient in making your bees wraps, I'm sure you get a lot of questions about uh, the sustainability of beekeeping. And I know you also take special care to source from sustainably managed hives within the United States. And I know this might seem like an obvious question for many people, but what role does beekeeping have for sustainability? Well, I think that beekeepers on a whole have a powerful voice in terms of the effects of pesticides and herbicides and our environment on the health of bees. So from that perspective, we like to support beekeepers that support that mentality of keeping their bees in environments that support healthy bee populations, such as wild areas, not using pesticides in their hives. And this is twofold. One, in that we like to support the movement towards healthier bee habitats, but we also want to keep our wax as clean as possible. So those Techniques, as I mentioned, keeping the hives in relatively natural wild areas and not using pesticides in the hives work towards having cleaner wax. I didn't know that people can use pesticides in the hives. Right. So miticides, things to keep bugs that out of the hives that harm the bees. Mm. There are sustainable ways to keep your bees healthy without using those pesticides. We've really learned a lot as we've worked with local beekeepers and beekeepers around the country in terms of what it means to, to keep bees sustainably and um, some of the impacts on healthy, healthy hives and healthy bee populations. And how can we as consumers ensure that our products that have beeswax or honey come from sustainably managed hives? Are there like certifications that we can look for or 
Well, it is a tricky one. Um, I would recommend that the best method is to reach out to the company itself and ask about their beeswax and their stance on where they get their beeswax, um, who they work with, any certifications that they might have. Organic beeswax is a tricky certification. We feel that beeswax um, bees have a wide radius in which they travel and can pull in pesticides and herbicides from wherever they might land. So bring that back to the hive and into the wax. And so certifying beeswax as organic um, doesn't necessarily mean that there are no pesticides and herbicides in their wax. We do test, we test most of our wax for pesticides and herbicides to make sure that um, our wax is safe and clean. So for us, the best thing we can do right now is to get to know the brands that we buy them from and dig deeper and ask questions. Yes. Right now, you're really on a mission to help phase out the need for single-use plastic storage bags. What do you think is our biggest roadblock right now to having this happen at scale? Because right now, it might still feel like people who take a special interest in wellness or in sustainability are the people that are looking into these alternative ways of food storage. So what can we do to having this just happen across the board right now? I think that we're in the process of phasing out the use of single-use plastics. It's going to be a big hurdle. There are single-use plastics, and as I said before, in just about every aspect of our lives, um, plastic baggies, plastic wrap, straws, the lids to our coffee cups, little toys that we get at the dentist's office at uh, birthday parties, it's everywhere. And awareness is the is the best method. Educating each other, promoting the use of alternatives, and sharing that with each other. Recognizing that there are other ways. Getting rid of plastic bags in our communities, um, shopping bags. Taking all of these steps towards um, understanding that it is us who are making the decisions here. Mm. And what can we do as individuals to? go beyond what we do for ourselves to support our economy or the marketplace to transition away from single-use plastics or food storage? Uh, I think sharing ideas is the biggest method. I had seen the story of Stuff is a website that is an organization that is working toward plastic use awareness. And I saw a clip of them going around a little movie they had put together of people going around and replacing plastic bags, actually giving people who are walking around with plastic bags a cloth bag and taking the plastic bag from them. So those simple acts of awareness are really, really huge in sharing them with with the people around us. And stepping beyond plastics, what do you think we need most today to really accelerate towards a healthier, thriving planet? Uh, Speaking up talking to our legislators about um, our wild lands, letting them know that these places are important to us and important to the health of our environment in the future, understanding the immensity of the oil economy and that we have a voice and can make change by talking to our legislators and letting them know that, that we're relying on them for our future. We'll all have to work on that together. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. We would, of course, love to learn more from you. So what's next for you and Bees Wrap, and where can we follow you online? 
You can follow us at beeswrap.com. We have a blog on there that will keep you up to date on what um, we are working on at Beeswrap. This year, we are partnering with 1% for the Planet and our new Beeswrap print, uh, which has an ocean theme. And we are working through 1% for the Planet and our ocean print on plastic pollution and awareness, Ocean Conservancy, which we are really excited to expand throughout the year. This podcast wouldn't be here without you, Green Dreamer, so just wanted to say a sincere thank you for being here. A few people asked if we have a Patreon page so they can support the show on an ongoing basis, and the answer is now yes. If you've been finding Green Dreamer podcasts helpful in any way and would like to contribute whatever you're able to, you can head to patreon.com slash greendreamer. We'd love to be able to keep the podcast going, as well as share more resourceful content on our new blog on our website, so your support would be so immensely helpful and greatly appreciated. Again, to become our Patreon supporter, you can just head to patreon.com slash greendreamer. For now, on to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow? I do read Conscious Company magazine. It's a great source for companies that are making positive changes and all-around goodness. Um, It's inspiring for us and and some of the things we struggle with, figuring out how others surmount some of those problems. Yeah, we actually had Megan, the co-founder of Conscious Company uh, Media, in one of our first episodes. So our listeners can check that out as well. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? I Coming back to um, being in the moment, it sounds so much generic, but it really is all about what is happening right now. What's one must do for your health, either daily or weekly? Daily walks in the woods, and I also do yoga three times a week. Uh, What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? Um, I struggle with the single-use plastics just as everyone else, but traveling and out and about during my day is the hardest one, and so I'm really working on carrying the things I need with me um, to avoid them. What makes you most hopeful for our planet at the moment? This great movement, this great awareness of um, the impacts of single-use plastics in our daily lives. People are really starting to become aware and putting themselves out there and taking, making changes, which is, is hard. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as Green Dreamers? Well, I, I guess I would say to um, knowing that we're all in this together, we're working towards a common goal, and that in itself can feel insurmountable when you feel like that we're the only ones, and we're certainly not. There's a lot of us out there, and that creates a movement. You're not alone, Green Dreamer. There's a lot of people like us all around, and together, we will create a movement. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable takeaways from this interview and the full show notes with links and resources at greendreamer.com slash 115 for episode 115. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And you can find me on Instagram at Kamea Shane, as well as on our new account at Green Dreamer Podcast. I also wanted to thank our reviewer of the week, Good and Gone, for their feedback. They said, I really enjoy this podcast. I'm environmentally conscious, and this is a great, easy to listen to and follow along podcast. I found out about some of the resources I utilize currently from listening to Green Dreamer, end quote. 
Well, thank you so much. If you'd also like to support Green Dreamer, you can become our Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash greendreamer, or just leave us a review of what you're enjoying. If you do get a quick moment to do that, make sure to also leave your social media username, business name, or name of the passion project you're working on so I can potentially give you a shout out and we can check your workout. Finally, as we're wrapping up, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.